When is the last time you felt alive? The last time you stepped out of the shadows and let the world see your light shine. This is a place for you to find yourself. A place to discover your passion. The gift you want to give to the world. If you want to dance, we hope you dance. Whatever and whoever you want to be is exactly who you should be. Welcome to Live Love Dance. Here's Deanna Lee. It's Live Love Dance. It's back. I'm Deanna Lee, and you can find me, DeannaLeeDance.com. Also, on socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can search out my dance teams, the Boot Boogie Babes, the Boot Girls, and the Boot Chicks. So, uh, hanging out here in the old casa at the house, been in quarantine for almost three months now. In Seattle, Washington, we're still in phase one, and... The obvious choice (laughs) for my guest to bring back Live Love Dance is the person I've been in quarantine with all of this time. It's my husband, John Robertson. Hi, baby. Hi. How are you? (laughs) Hi, everyone. Thanks for uh, having me on your podcast. Oh, I'm so excited that you wanted to do this with me because how many days have we been in quarantine together? I have lost track. It's been way too many. I don't know. I think I lo- I stopped counting at 80. Seems about right. Yeah, sure. It could be over 80. It could be 400 at this point. I couldn't even tell you. A couple of things we're going to talk about on Live Love Dance today is our life in quarantine together and how that's gone down, how work has been going in quarantine, which I have ended up doing all of my radio shows and all of my dance instruction and leading this Deanna Lee dance organization from our home and what the future looks like with that. I just want to say to you now, you guys, I, I call his name is John Robertson, my husband, but I call him JMR. It stands for John Michael Robertson. J, JMR is more like how I call it. Right. Babe? Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Or when I'm like in another room, it's more like, JMR! (laughs) He's laughing. It's okay. (laughs) But I could not have been able to pivot with our new life in COVID without your technical skills. And I have to give a little bit of background about who and what you are and what you do. Jamar, you um, are an audio engineer. Will you share with everybody what you do and, you know, where you work and kind of how, you know, all that came about? Uh, Yeah, sure. So I work for the Seattle Symphony Orchestra and I am the audio manager for the symphony as well as Benaroya Hall, which is where the Seattle Symphony calls its home. So um, most technical things, whether it's sound or video, um, they kind of come across my desk and we have a fantastic team of people that are all great technicians and we all work together to solve problems and to make sure that we can bring across the best performance to all the patrons that show up. What's great about the Seattle Symphony is you guys have, while you've been there, you've actually won several awards including grammys is that right uh yeah we've we've had a bunch of grammys for different recordings that we've done so yeah that's been that's been really cool yeah the seattle symphony is very popular and not just here in seattle but across the world and 
what's great about your skills with that is that you've been able to help me, someone who is completely technologically inept. <laughs> is that true? I mean, I wouldn't say inept, but uh, uh, y- yes, you you generally need a little bit of help with the, the technical side of stuff. You're more of the creative. That's being very generous, babe. <laughs> But it's true. I I do and have ne- have needed a lot of help. And what's happened is with my radio show. I remember coming home the first day, and they're like, "D, you've got to do your show from home." And I remember bringing home this computer that the wolf sent me home with, and you immediately jumped in there, and I didn't have to do anything basically to get my radio show set up. What did you do? Uh, I basically set up everything for you so that you could do your radio show from home here <laughs> with the help of your engineers to, uh, you know, doing some troubleshooting back and forth, some, some emails and some phone calls and some, uh, some logging into the computer. So not to say that I did it all. There's, there's no way that would have happened, but yes, our IT guys were really great about that and girls. And then I started my radio show from home. Once that began, then we began to realize that we had just held auditions for Deanna Lee Dance and 2020 was going to be the biggest year ever for our dance company. And I should say this, JMR is the general manager of Deanna Lee Dance. And in that role, what do you do? Um, well, <laughs> uh, I, I don't teach dance. I don't do dances. Uh, I don't... Uh, I don't line dance on video or anything, uh, but I do sometimes. Help. Some maybe get no in the kitchen when we're cooking. No, um, yeah, never on video. You're no. right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know some of the administrative stuff because you know we uh, we have some performances are paid and we want to make sure that the uh, the members of the teams and the dancers are able to make you know money when that's we can do that. So take care of that administrative stuff. And then, um, also again, some of the technical stuff of, you know, cause you got to play music and a lot of times you need a microphone and, you know, maybe you need a PA somewhere that you're going and they don't have it. So you've got to be able to set that up. So, you know, there's, there's a number of things along those lines, more administrative stuff, not creative stuff again. <laughs> I've got a sound guy and I've got an operations manager. It's great. But babe, once we got into this quarantine and I have all of these classes now that I have to teach where we have a boot chicks level team, which is our beginner team in Deanna Lee Dance. We've got a boot girls team, which is our intermediate team and a boot boogie babe team, our elite team. And we also have classes in Tacoma, in Bremerton, two classes in Mill Creek. We have Charleston classes And we also have Charleston, a team of Boot Boogie Babes there, and a team of Boot Girls there because we franchise now in two cities. So we have all these women after the 2020 auditions that have put their heart and soul into becoming a part of this organization. And then everything comes to a grinding halt. And one of the things that we enjoy most about being a part of dancing and being a part of this organization is being able to come together and see each other and dance together and be friends with one another. And when we weren't able to hold those classes in person, 
what you were able to do for us is help me figure out how in the world am I supposed to pivot and teach virtually, which you would think, oh, and we've seen people do it on social media, not very successfully, where they try to teach on Facebook and, you know, they're in their socks in their living room and maybe it's just, it just doesn't look professional. And what you have been able to give to me with your skills is an ability to go live from my living room, whether it's on Zoom or Facebook on a private page and make it look like we are putting on a professional production. So to get there, like it's it's a lot of stuff behind the scenes and things that I never <laughs> I'm like, babe, like what what do you what are you talking about? My my eyes would begin to glaze over when you would say things to me like you need more than one device to be able to put on these lessons. So when we do these live lessons, what all do I need, JMR? Well, I think everybody's become very familiar with uh, video teleconferencing now. That seems to be the norm because everybody's at home, yet people are still working from home. And that's uh, very, it's it's not a new technology, but the way everybody suddenly got thrown into it is kind of new. So, um, and we've all seen uh, how successful it can be. And we've also seen uh, the epic failures of when you get into a meeting and people don't know how to turn on their device and it's upside down and backwards. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, uh, so yeah, uh, you know, part of that was we had to figure out how to uh, put on classes and instructions that were as professional as we could with minimum, um, you know, technical devices and everything. So, Things from using Zoom, using Facebook, uh, using cell phones as cameras, because we all know how good cell phones look at this point as cameras, um, you know, for videos, and then figuring out how to tie in the sound better and, you know, just um, make it into a special event. I guess that's kind of what I've done my whole professional career is just, you know, uh, Somebody throws an event at you and says, okay, this has got to be great by this time and figure out how to do it. And then, you know, then the curtain rolls back and the show goes on. So, yeah, so we've, you know, we've pivoted a lot and we've uh, learned a lot of things along the way. And I feel like we've, uh, we've been fairly successful at it. You've been successful at helping me put these classes on. It looks so simple, I would imagine, from someone who's a student and is just tuning in because we spend hours just trying to get everything set up correctly, the lighting <laughs> to the sound, to the way that the camera is. And, and also when we're teaching, I should say, you know, because we've pivoted to these virtual classes, it's not just a matter of setting up a camera and pointing it at the instructor and the instructor teaching, we have to have the capability to be able to communicate with our students. So you've been able to help me set up a way where, okay, now we're live in this class and I can now look at my TV and through technology, I can see my students, whether it's on Zoom or I can communicate with them 
if it's on a private page on Facebook Live and they can communicate with me what's going on. And I would have never had any idea, like seriously, no clue how to do any of this. But you've truly helped our entire organization be able to pivot in this way. And I know that I've probably driven you crazy through all of it. Have you gotten it? Have you, is it? Is it? Is it made you a little mad? Just I mean, a little. It's like what? What are we now? Like day ninety in quarantine together? We you like you haven't like taken me out yet. So well, thankfully, <laughs> I, I think we've gotten over the hump. So now we're on the easy slide since we figured out how to do it. So That's right. uh, it's a good thing we're doing the podcast this late and everything. Uh, my answer might be a little bit different if uh, if if it were say five weeks ago, six weeks ago. I don't know. No, you've been really, really helpful in all of that, and. It's been a lot of fun because, you know, I, the only thing that's truly, I think, helped me be able to really manage this whole quarantine thing is because I have been able to continue my work. I've been able to continue my midday show with The Wolf and be able to still connect with my listeners, although I'm not able to pick up the phone and talk to them. We're able to text each other every day. We're able to talk to each other through social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But I know that some people are not as lucky and they have been furloughed. They've lost their jobs. They've, you know, they've been unemployed and even worse, they haven't been able to get their unemployment. Um, and your situation is really unique. Oh, Dixie's, Dixie's here with us. She's about to play her trumpet. <laughs> if you hear that. Um, it was her birthday yesterday. <laughs> and we <laughs> she's like, hey, play with me. Oh, my goodness. Um, it was her birthday yesterday, and we celebrated with birthday cake and party hats, and she's, yeah, she's feeling her birthday self. I think she thinks it's her birthday week, Jamar. I think so, um, but, you know, one day is a week for a dog, so she's already run her birthday week. <laughs> That's kind of true and funny. Um, but talking about the people who have lost their jobs, like, we completely understand that because you're you're really... Well, I mean, you're in that position and, and, you know, we got some more news about that today. Yeah. I mean, things are pivoting, you know, being an arts organization, um, until we are able to, uh, until Seattle is able to be in phase four, uh, the, the venue, um, can't have guests. We can't have patrons in, um, just because of proximity and everything and all of the, the governor's decrees on how we need to stay safe and stay healthy. So, um, yeah, for right now, our doors are closed and we're all trying to figure out ways as a larger, larger organization to pivot into this and because this is something that we've never done before. Um, there are models of other symphonies in different parts of the world that have been doing this a little bit longer and have been very successful at it. So we are just beginning to explore some of those options and see how we can connect with um, the arts community as well as our musicians and our patrons and, you know, bring everybody the show back. So we're, we're learning and we're, uh, we're trying to figure out ways to do that right now while our doors are closed. How do you think, wh- what does the first step of that look like? Um, I think the first step 
back to kind of what we were talking about, about uh, video conferencing is um, doing live broadcasts, which we uh, have been since we did close our doors, which was uh, in late March. um, We have been doing two things. We've been rebroadcasting some of our uh, more exciting performances where they were shot with multiple cameras by our in-house crew and mixed down by our, um, our symphony audio engineer that records everything. And we've been rebroadcasting that to encourage people to enjoy the symphony while they can't attend it. Um, Another thing that we've been doing is uh, every morning they've been doing what they call the morning notes where uh, individual musicians or even uh, a group of musicians through video conferencing um, perform a piece and talk about it. You know, it's, it's not very long. It's maybe it's always inside of 10, 15 minutes at the max, but uh, they're posting that on Facebook and that's been a big hit. People really enjoy that and they like seeing that side of the musician because a lot of times they don't get to interact with them on a very personal level. And all musicians have been very personal about it, talking about how the pieces affect them and uh, what they really enjoy about it. So um, those are two things that we're exploring right now and we've gotten really good feedback on it and good hits. So we're going to continue on and, and push forward. The Seattle Symphony is a huge part of the fabric of the Seattle community and not just the Seattle community, but of the world global community as musicians and, and for orchestras. So it's going to be heartwarming to watch the Seattle symphony come back and slowly, you know, fold back into the fabric of our community and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting to be able to be a part of that too. And with what we do with our dancing and it was difficult this past week with everything that's been going on, uh, in just the world in general with the protests in Seattle and things that have been weighing heavy on so many people and, I just, uh, I don't want to get all lovey-dovey because I know that you probably will be embarrassed if I do this, but I just want to say thank you for putting up with me in quarantine. You're welcome, honey. Of course. (laughs) There isn't anybody I'd rather be in quarantine with. Oh, I have it on tape now. It's on record. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, (laughs) y'all? No, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you doing this podcast with me today because... We've taken a break from it um, and finally figured out like how we can do this and, and get get this back out there because Live Love Dance is important to people. It is something that is inspirational and we've shared a lot of inspirational stories on this podcast and we want to be able to do that again as we move forward and do it on a weekly basis as we were doing before and I want to put you on the spot a little bit and I want to ask you a question before we wrap up the podcast today, JMR, what is the thing that inspires you most to stay positive while you're in quarantine? I think the biggest thing is knowing that everybody, everybody is going through the same thing. And, um, you know, while everybody's struggles are different, um, everybody's dealing with this the best that they can. And, you know, the way that we're going to come out on the other end of this better is for all of us staying positive, staying healthy, staying safe, and, you know, doing what we can to bring everybody closer without physically being closer right now. (laughs) But we're really close. Well, we're really close. You're touching me. Stop touching me. 
Stop touching your face. Stop touching me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you see how quarantine has gone for us. <laughs> Do you have anything to add, Mr. JMR? <laughs> uh, just everybody stay safe, stay healthy. Um, thank you for being a part of this. It means the world to both of us and we couldn't do it without you. So take care. Yeah. It's really sweet, babe. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, honey, for, for doing this with me. He, you got to understand something about my husband. He is not a, he does not get out there in front of people. He's a behind the scenes guy. So for you to do this today and help me relaunch live love dance means a lot. So I thank you. I love you. And I give you lots of kisses from six feet away. I'm just kidding. Thank you, honey. I love you too. We don't have, we don't actually have to be six feet apart. No, we don't. We're in the same household. We're in the same household. All right. So stop touching me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You guys, thank you so much for putting up with us seriously. And thank you for listening to Live Love Dance. I'm Deanna Lee. And until we see you again, get out there and live love dance.